You're listening to the Cell Phone Junkie Podcast, your source for news, reviews, and questions about the cell phone industry. Visit us at www.thecellphonejunkie.com. And we are back from a two-week hiatus here. This is The Cell Phone Junkie, and we are up to show number 56. My name is Mickey Papillon, and I am joined with Joey. How are you, Joey? I'm doing well today. Well, I am certainly glad to have you on. We had uh, a nice couple of weeks off, I guess. Very stressful and uh, busy for both of us. Um, We are, or I am currently in The Cell Phone Junkie New World Headquarters, located in Cave Creek, Arizona. Uh, my wife and I just moved from our house, and so we are uh, we moved to our own house, I should say. We were house-sitting at our last one, and so uh, we're in our own place now, and, and things are great. And, um, you know, it's been interesting. Over the last couple of weeks, there's been so much stuff that's been going on, and, uh, you know, I kind of felt bad a little bit not being able to, you know, to get to get a show out here. But uh, hopefully uh, everyone is doing well and been able to kind of keep up on all their all their shows and um, their news and stuff like that. Well, well, we've been gone. So, um, but uh, Tuesday night here, and we're what three days three days away from the iPhone, Joey. It's coming that quick. I I think a lot of people are really excited about this device, and um, I know at the very least people are thinking, you know, well, I, they may not be getting one. I think it's going to be something everyone has to agree that it's it's very very exciting that it's finally coming out, and at least the stories will be done, you know, after that, and we won't have to listen to any more about this, at least as far as hype and speculation, right? I kind of agree with that one. Well, before we get going here, I wanted to just make a quick comment. Um, on the last show, we've had a voicemail from a listener um, that went by the name of Triton. And Triton, um, unfortunately, with the, the first show that I had posted up, I forgot to actually include his voicemail. So all you heard was me um, in uh, my imitating voice, I guess, saying, okay, here's Triton's voicemail now. And then we faded back into essentially the listen. You guys heard nothing. So I wanted to apologize for Triton. If you do want to hear his voicemail, you can go back onto, uh, onto the site and, and download the show. I have added it in. Uh, some of you have no idea what I'm talking about because you downloaded a show after it, but there were a couple hundred downloads already, so uh, I did feel bad, and um, I apologize to Triton for that, and uh, it, it was a great comment, so if you haven't heard it, go back and listen. But um, Well, Joey, I had the opportunity this past week to, to hop on a sh- another um, technology enthusiast website called Today in iPhone, and I was on his podcast uh, last week, it was, uh, I believe, Wednesday the 20th is when we recorded it. And uh, a great show uh, with a great host named Rob. And, um, you know, we talked all about the iPhone and, and a lot of the, the rumors and the news and, and stuff like that that's been going on. And I just wanted to briefly mention today in iPhone.com. And if you have um, want a real specific site that talks about the iPhone, this is a great one. But, but Joey, I think the, the, real, the real news from today, at least, uh, with the iPhone is are the rate plans. And uh, I know you've seen these, and, and, and what do you think about what they're offering? Cheapest one is 60 bucks, and you get 450 minutes for it. Does that work for you? It's a little bit high for me, but I'm always kind of on the, the little bit cheap side of things. But the nice thing is it includes the data plan. That's not an additional option. Um, it, you know, the, the people who have the device will, of course, be able to take full advantage of it. But I think they're probably doing that 
so you're tempted to download music off it or videos or whatever else they're going to make money on either now or eventually if they're if they're not going to make money on that um of course i would like to see something cheaper than 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 the 60 dollars a month especially uh maybe you could say that especially because it doesn't have the 3g radio in it i don't know well you know the, here here's what we have for six different rate plans is what they're what they've released uh 60 bucks for 450 minutes probably the most popular would be the next one the the 80 dollars for 900 minutes if i had to guess uh and then for 20 or 20 more dollars for 100 dollars a month you get 1350 minutes and then it goes up to 220 bucks for 6,000 minutes. And like you said, unlimited data, which is email and web. I'm not sure um, that that you know for the money that uh, I mean it, it seems decent that they're including that. The visual voicemail, two th- or 200 SMS text messages, and the uh, rollover minutes that Singular brought over to AT&T and unlimited mobile to mobile calling. So not bad. Um, we also found out that the activation process is going to be very different than what a lot of people are used to or what could be very different than a lot of people are used to. You take your phone, plug it into your computer that has iTunes preloaded on it, and uh, it walks you through the process. You actually activate it online through iTunes. Very, very different. Um, you know, I mentioned to you that it when we were talking before the show, it's going to include... Um, the uh, credit check. So you're going to be entering in your social security number. What do you feel about that? Sending it through Apple's site? Uh, it's pretty bizarre, but I'm sure the uh, appropriate security measures are in place, just like they are most other places. And I don't think you're any more risk giving your social security number out on iTunes than you would be anywhere else. Um, even where you don't give it out, uh, your social security number can be found out through uh, many different means. So I- I'm sure you're safe enough. Well, and, and they did do a video walkthrough today where it discussed how, or it showed you how and discussed how this process is going to work. And they were very specific to mention that it will in no way be kept or stored on Apple servers. So it'll go directly to AT&T and, and that's, that's pretty much all you get. So that's, I guess, a little consolation. Mm-hmm. Well, we've got uh, a couple of, of listener comments and, and questions that we'll get into later. And that's, that's what we're going to save our iPhone talk four so we've already spent about five minutes on it here so but want to get to the other information then we'll come back to it so the next i guess what i considered biggest story was something that came out from also at&t last week and that was that uh, tdma is uh the the network that at&t first launched as their first digital network way back uh, 10 plus years ago is going to finally be uh, shutting off their service uh, completely off for all TDMA and analog networks by early 2008. And uh, this process has already begun. Uh, 18 markets, in fact, will be shut down in 2007, uh, some of which started back in, in uh, late May. And I look at this list here and I see places like uh, all of the state of Arizona and all of the state of Iowa are being shut off on July 15th. So uh, very interesting. They are careful to say over 99% of all minutes that are being used on the AT&T networks are on their GSM networks. And so they are strongly encouraging any existing TDMA customers to migrate over to the GSM network uh, basically as soon as possible because you're going to lose your service. Um, but Joe, you made a good comment. Uh, you know, you, you kind of forgot that that was even around still. I mean, who... You know, besides someone who hasn't changed their phone in multiple years, who even still uses that service, you know? Boy, not many people. Obviously, 99% of them don't. So 
um, it's it's good they'll be able to free up Spectrum and improve the GSM service actually. So it, it it'll benefit uh, pretty much everybody that that uh, that they're shutting that off and getting rid of that old service, which really wasn't that good anyway. TDMA wasn't a very good protocol. They they kind of they had a lot of issues with it, and and I it was interesting that they decided to go that route, and they. I kind of thought that they were just kind of out on their own little island with it, and and so I'm I'm not really sad to see it go. I do have a, a single TDMA phone um, in the house, but I I don't I I really don't or I never used it. Um, an interesting thing for those of you who remember the old gate service that Singular offered in areas that had both GSM and TDMA service. Uh, gate was uh, they were the the phones that allowed for switching between analog. TDMA and GSM service depending on where you were, which I th- thought was a pretty a pretty you know genius thing that they did at the time. Um, those phones are pretty much going to be rendered useless come six months from now in early two, in early '08. So um, with with how much how inexpensively you can buy unlocked GSM phones off eBay, there's really no excuse um, on that. Uh, isn't wasn't the the TDMA service here in the U.S. pretty much the only major TDMA implementation in the world. It was I if I if I remember correctly, it was the only major one. There were obviously were networks that were around, but I mean, you know, they went nationwide, and obviously one of the biggest, um, you know, consumption um, countries as far as wireless service that's that's out. Pretty much the whole world adopted GSM, which you know we all know is a derivative of of the TDMA type of service. Well, some people may not know that. Okay, <laughs> but well, it is. Yeah, another thing about the TDMA that was kind of a neat uh, service though back when it started because AT and T was the first one who really launched a nationwide digital service where you could really call from one end of the country to the other and not have roaming charges. It was really the the pilot program for for you know no roaming, and uh, that really kind of set the bar as far as all the other carriers and what they had to to to, to match you know in the the following years. If I remember, wasn't it called uh, AT and T One Rate at the time? Yes. Yep. I I I know a lot of people who had it, and it was expensive at the time, though, for the eighty bucks I think for three hundred minutes or something like that. But you got to use it wherever you were. Yeah. No roaming. Uh, no roaming charges as long as your phone wasn't, of course, roaming analog. Yeah. So yeah, you're right. It's it'll be. It's kind of sad to see that go, and you know, it's a part of cellular or cell phone junkie history, I guess. So it is. Goodbye, TDMA. T Mobile. <laughs> <laughs> T Mobile is uh, kind of ramping up a little bit here to to launch their at home service. They, you know, last year they had launched up in the Seattle area, I believe it was the the at home service where basically it allows you to buy this equipment that is a, a Linksys hotspot that you put in your house and you connect it into your your home uh, high speed connection. Um, and basically, what it does is it it takes your phone and it uh, whenever it's within one of these hot the ranges of these hotspots, it it allows your phone to make calls through your high speed network. And uh, you would think, well, that's great. It's kind of you know, goofy, you know, maybe you'll save a couple of bucks. Nah, it's 20 bucks extra a month. <laughs> but what you get is unlimited calling. So anytime you're within uh, your hotspot or I believe any other T-Mobile hotspot, which would be a, a lot of cafes, you know, I know Starbucks is big into that, um, you get you get to make those free calls. So I think that's pretty good. 
I, I can see it being a great one for people who spend a lot of time in certain areas and they can take advantage of knowing that they basically control their own destiny and you're able to make calls over your internet connection. You know, it's great. Yeah, it's 20 bucks is a little steep in my opinion, again, because you know the, the, the number of minutes you'll end up using probably at your house or maybe in some of these hotspots. I can't imagine, I've I, I got to imagine it's got to be close to around the $20 mark that you could just buy extra minutes on your plan to make up the difference. So I don't see a huge advantage on this for most people. Um, it, I, I wonder if when you set up one of these T-Mobile hotspots in your house, you then have to allow other T-Mobile users to use your hotspot. That's my question. But. Which then you get into bandwidth issues and you know how much you're using on your own network and Maybe you live in an apartment complex and you've got a lot of people that have T-Mobile around you and they're all mooching off. But you know what, though? You have to realize you have to have the certain phones. You know, you have to have that Nokia 6086 or the, the Samsung T409. Um, and if you're so inclined to buy one of those, I would imagine that someone else would that had one of those phones as, as well would have their own hotspot as well. So you'd have, you know, probably going to have a lot of sharing with that if I had to guess. Well, BlackBerry also makes some news here with uh, a feature that they're adding called Reset to Factory Default. And for anyone who has ever used a BlackBerry on a BlackBerry Enterprise server and then wanted to take it off knows uh, all too well what I'm talking about. And, and one, of the, one of the largest complaints that, that BlackBerry has faced is the inability to remove that IT policy that uh, a device gets when it, was, when it was on that BlackBerry Enterprise server. And uh, what it does is the, the policy um, locks the phone um, and puts it in a read-only state. And when you wipe the device, it opens that policy to read and write state where it can be overwritten by another policy. So in an effort to, uh, you know, to, to calm some of these complaints, the, uh, what they're adding is this, this service that allows you to, to wipe the device back to quote-unquote factory defaults and removing that IT policy and uh, third-party applications that the IT administrator may have put on the device. So uh, just something kind of quick there, you know, not a lot to uh, discuss with that, but uh, just kind of some interesting, some interesting information there about the, about the BlackBerry. So, yeah, but uh, you got to remember you've got to have the IT BES server, the, the enterprise server, to actually implement this feature. That is correct. The, the, the IT administrator will be the one that will have to, to do that wipe for you, and uh, it, it, it only applies to Java-based BlackBerry devices with uh, version 4.2.2 and higher. So, How, what, uh, what is the um, age of Java-based Blackberries that will meet that? Like, how, so, when did they start coming with that? Well, they, uh, it's only applicable to those devices that's, that are running, obviously, that, which would be like the BlackBerry Curve and the 8830. So, unfortunately... So pretty, recent, pretty recent ones, then. Yeah, so for example, my mine that is a 4.1, the 8703 would not be uh would not work for this uh, or like the pearls that are out there right now are not it's not going to work for them either. So, um something that in the future going forward this will you'll be able to do it. So, okay. Yep. Yep. Good good uh, good point. Thanks for bringing that one up. Um AT&T looking beyond uh not only HSDPA and HSUPA um and beyond WiMAX even, but uh, into the LTE uh, sites, and that stands for long-term evolution. And what AT&T is saying, that they are really looking towards the future. And 
they want to find out what's going to happen with WiMAX. They're taking a wait-and-see approach and would rather set their sights on, on LTE and evaluate how that would play into uh, their 4 and probably 5G networks that they're going to implement. You know, we're still looking at, you know, HSDPA rollout over, you know, parts of the country that are not major cities. And, and we're, we're already talking about something that we, I don't expect us to see for probably uh, three to five years um, at a minimum. But at the same time, it's kind of neat to see that they are, you know, taking a look at, at the long term. Um, this LTE service, I did some research on it in the past. And, and you're talking about speeds that are, that are rival to cable, cable internet and even higher so I think I think it peaks out at 100 megabits or something. I, someone correct me for that if I'm wrong, but uh, very very quick and and the opportunities with that I I know are are great for a lot of people. It's good they kind of they're they're looking at that and obviously you know all four of the major companies don't need to roll out the every single network you know the high speed you know every single generation here of network and. And I think all the subscribers would rather they didn't because of the cost involved and what it'll do to your rates. And it just, you know, these are just kind of small little steps. So why not skip a step every once in a while? And and that's kind of good. They you're looking at that, and you know maybe uh, maybe there'd be some iPhone uh, future in that, and maybe they're looking towards that as a uh, something for you know video content. Obviously, in the future is going to be very big for mobile devices. It's already kind of in the forefront right now, but obviously in the future to actually deliver that content will be a, a bigger step forward. And also the mobile carriers, I think are also really looking at competing with the DSL and the cable modems um, yeah. for your data at your house residence. And they may even be looking further yet. Like Verizon is uh, with the fiber to your, uh, to the doorstep. And they're looking, you know, at basically everything on demand it's almost like having a tivo with massive servers so um it, it it all fits into that strategy pretty well well and i i honestly don't see a reason to you know if they if they are looking towards the future and they know that they're going to go to it why take some of these intermediate steps um hsupa as we know only up you know, it changes the speed of the upload, which for some people is important, and, and it's a, it's a good step. Don't get me wrong, but you know, it, you know, for my money, you know, keep it at HSDPA. Start working on some of these future technologies. I'll be more quickly to adopt it when you push it out. You know. Yeah. Well, if you're looking for an unlocked phone and uh, you are sick of all the mainstream places to go, Dell is going to be selling unlocked phones now, and they've struck deals. Uh, with Nokia and Pharos, and they're going to be selling some of the high-end phones like the E61, the N73, N80, and N95 from Nokia, as well as the Pharos 600 and 600E uh, that you can use with any GSM carrier that you want. And uh, the prices are not cheap. You're going to pay somewhere between $400 and just over $700 uh, for these devices. But uh, basically what their Dell is saying is that they are looking for third-party handheld products that include MP3 players and getting into the phone arena and switching away from the pen-based PDAs um, that uh, that were once part of their handheld you know mainstay with the Axim uh, since they got rid of that back in April. So anyway, so that's just something to if if another option for purchase if you want to pick yourself up a $736 Nokia N95, Dell's another place you can do it now. So. That's uh, I like options. That's why I mentioned it. Yep. No con. Then you wouldn't have a, a contract with your wireless carrier, uh, for the most part. 
and I can see him definitely taking a look in the future to you purchase a Dell laptop and you get 100 bucks or 200 bucks off the purchase of an unlocked phone with them, you know? They're very uh they really like to do those types of things. Yeah. Motorola Q9. We've talked about this before, but what we have not talked about before is the Q9M. And well, we had a ru- we had a rumor of that one, but there was nothing nothing like this yet. Nothing like this. Boy Genius Report always gets his hands on the best and the latest things that are out there. The Q9M is basically the CDMA version, specifically Verizon wireless version of the Q9, and. Uh, the, the phone itself, he's got some nice screenshots on here that I'll include so you can take a look at it. Uh, you see the splash screen with the Verizon logo on it. And, uh, Joey, you had a good point. It is thicker uh, than the regular Q9. So it's got to be something with the radios or something in it that uh, or the technology that that was ha- that they had to use to make this one. That it just it, it it's a little it's a little much for me. And I think it is for you, too. Yeah, that well, it could be the battery, hopefully. Keep your fingers crossed. It's actually more uh, in the battery life that they extended there with increased thickness. But yeah, that kind of does take away from the appeal of the 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 Motorola Q a little bit. The thin factor is is kind of not there, you know. And they, it's it's okay. I'll just leave it at that. It is just kind of okay. Yeah, it's not a real. It, it's not real cool that it's not thinner yet. I mean, because that's usually the natural progression is make the devices smaller as they. As they uh, mature, ramped it up a little bit, made it a little bit thicker. Palm Gandalf, one of the uh, the Palm devices we talked about on the last show, has uh, kind of leaked out a few more details here. And uh, what we're looking at with this guy is a naming convention on the Trio system. A lot of people know the 600s and now the 700s. Uh, this one's going back to the 500 numbers. So the Trio 5 and then 100 or 50 or 63 or 47 or whatever they're going to do with that. One version, Windows Mobile 6. The other version is a non-touchscreen edition of the Palm operating system. You can get it in multiple colors. It uh, has a 2.4-inch screen, 2-megapixel camera, Bluetooth, 3G with HSDPA, 256 megabytes of onboard memory, 64 megs of RAM. Uh, you know, not bad, um, but why are we? Wh- what step in, in the direction is this to, you know... Uh, a non-touchscreen edition of the Palm OS? I, I don't understand. I'm, I'm missing something with that one. Seems pretty bizarre. Obviously, they're doing the Windows Mobile 6 standard, which is obviously the old smartphone edition, which is a non-touchscreen phone, which they're trying to probably share hardware here on this one because most of the attention is for the Windows Mobile 6 standard currently. And with this, they're probably going to try to make it a more uh, inexpensive device with that naming convention and the non-touchscreen and, um, you know, that those two things are kind of like those are the major points that they're going to try to make it more of a, a consumer. They Palm has always had these uh, entry level devices that they, they traditionally always had these, you know, real low specification entry level devices. And maybe that's what they're trying to do here, even though it's fully loaded with 3G radio and that equipped. But uh, that seems bizarre to try to make a, a non touchscreen version of Palm OS. I, I I mean, all of your old apps won't work on it, as far as I can guess, unless there's going to be some strange cursor, arrow, bizarre thing. So I, I, I don't know what they're thinking with that one. Yeah, and and I guess we'll have to wait to to see when those finally get out in uh, review form to uh, to what people actually think about them. 
you know, blackjack owners out there real quick, you get a Windows Mobile 6 upgrade and video share. Uh, so if you're interested in, in playing with AT&T's video service, you can do so. Um, YouTube has launched a mobile client. So um, Brian Lamb over at the techieblog.com website gives us a short video tour of uh, YouTube mobile, and he runs it on the Helio Ocean and the Palm Trio 7. Actually, not, he's not a, from TechieBlog. He's from Gizmodo. I know Brian. Um, well, I don't know him personally, but I know of him. Uh, but it was TechieBlog here that I'm referring to the site. But anyway, Helio Ocean, Palm Trio 755, or what they're showing it on. Looks like it works pretty good. Um, I like YouTube. I, I like to poke around on there and find different videos. Joey, you said you don't watch it a whole lot. But, uh, you know, for those of people who want to, you know, take the time to watch this stuff on their device and aren't going to have the the time or the money to pop out and get an iPhone, this will work for you, at least in the time being on your device. Yeah. Uh, what do we got? Uh, Trio 755 and Helio he Ocean. Helio Ocean, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, those are the ones that they tested it on. So uh, it, it's a oh, mo okay. it, it works on other ones. It, oh. um, yeah, you could, I think the Windows Mobile client is fully functional now and, and stuff like that. So it's, uh, you know, it's, it's out there. It's Unfortunately, out there. my ancient phone won't support it, but that's okay. I won't miss out because my ancient data connection wouldn't support it either. So, <laughs> and I probably wouldn't have enough memory to actually buffer a video, even. So, I with enough time, but uh, probably not enough patience. Uh, no. Yeah. Jive Talk. Jive Talk is a, uh, a a product for that you could, for purchase. I believe it's it's twenty dollars, uh, give or take five bucks. I can't remember off the top of my head, but it is uh, a fully functional. Uh, I instant messaging client that works with the services of AOL Instant Messenger, MSN, Google Talk, Yahoo, and Jabber. And I actually took the time to download the uh, the Gmail client for my BlackBerry uh, a few weeks ago, and I had some fun playing with it. It worked really well, especially while traveling and, and wanting to chat with people over IM, uh, kind of from wherever I was. And uh, I know one of my listeners out there, one of our listeners out there, and I were chatting back and forth, and and so that was kind of that was kind of cool, uh, kind of different to to be able to do that on a phone. But J you know, Jive Talk, if you're interested, ha they have software for um, Windows Mobile and the Symbian um, user interface uh, in the future. So for right now, if you got a BlackBerry, you're good to go. If you got one of those other ones, uh, you're gonna have to wait a little while. The Opera browser will be launching here. Uh, excuse me. The Opera Mini 4 mobile browser has already launched, and uh, that was a couple of weeks ago as well. And if you're an Opera user and you like what they do and you like the in, the Zoom features on it and the you know the tabbed functionality and stuff like that, they've got a new version out here. So go ahead and pop over and pick that one up as well. And last but not least, as far as the, the software that we're talking about here, the Sprint 700P maintenance release that was on and then off, and, and uh, now it's back on. June 21st, they popped it back up on the site, and they uh, apologized for the fact that they had to take it down for the while. Um, but if you did not pick that up the last time that they had it out, you can go and do so now. And Verizon Wireless users, do not despair. They will have it available uh, as soon as possible. Any comments on those, Joe? Uh, not too much. The Opera Mini sounds pretty fascinating there. I, I, I would love to be able to try that out, but um, it, it, you know, the Zoom and actually browsing both web pages will probably depend on the processor inside your phone on how quickly it responds, but it could be a really nice uh, nice tool to use. Yeah, I think so. I, I've, I've 
played with Opera a little bit in the past. I have not downloaded this one. I haven't had the time to. And, and I enjoy it. I like it. I think it's a great browser. It totally blows away Internet Explorer Mobile, that's for sure. And anyone who's used it will back me up on that one, that's for sure. So, Well, on to the questions and comments. Well, Ryan actually shot me a quick email and said, Hey, the Razer 2 and the Katana 2, can you touch on those, please? Well, we've talked about the Razer 2 in the past, and you know what I will say about that one is it is basically your, your upgrade to the Razer. It's uh, HSDPA compatible, and it has different variants, so you have an EVDO connection as well in the, the CDMA versions. Um, other things include 2-megapixel camera, Bluetooth, Windows Media Player Sync, 2-inch uh, QVGA external display and a 2.2-inch internal display. So those screens are pretty pretty close in size, so that's kind of neat. Um, you know, twice the screen resolution of the Razer. So uh, those will start shipping probably July. And uh, so if you're interested in, in uh, something something thin, something easy to use, uh, this, is, this is the one to go to. And the other one, the Katana, too, that he was asking about, Joey, we couldn't find much on this one other than they're working through some FCC stuff. Um, that was about a month ago that they were, that it was it was uh, supposedly going to be on Sprint, and it, it hit the FCC's website for approval. But uh, the Katana has been out for a while. I know that, and uh, you know a lot of the specs that they're talking about right now on on the number two are very similar to the Razer, and uh, that's all I have to say about that one. I would say the, I mean, if he's comparing the original Katana versus the Razer 2, the price is going to be obviously much greater on the Razer 2. The user interface is hopefully, hopefully much improved on the Razer 2. And obviously it says, you know, 3G radio difference. But if, if he's waiting for the Katana 2, I wouldn't hold my breath on that one because that, that'll be at least six months out. Um, I don't, can't remember when the Razer is going to come out now, but it, July. It, it'll probably be. Yeah, okay, so then that's a lot. You'll have to wait a lot longer for the Katana, too. Mm-hmm, yeah. Question here from Andy. Question is regarding the 8703. He says, it seems to be lacking an MP3 player function. Does that mean I won't be able to stream audio video over Sprint's eVideo network? My dilemma is I want to Sprint data device as a secondary device to do a little emailing on some web surfing, audio streaming, but I don't like the queue because I've heard not only from you but from a friend uh, that it is very unreliable and unstable. I don't really want to spend $300 for a Palm, so I was looking at the 8703. Do you think it would be worth it and easy to install any media applications on it? Uh, and are there any other reasonably priced Sprint data devices that you, you could suggest? Uh, you know, you're pretty much right on on that. The, uh, you know, those are, those are the, the big guys out there, the Q and then the, the Trio. And I, we'll, we'll touch on it later because I know, I, know, I know exactly what you got for a phone. But uh, anyway, we'll come back to that one. Um, anyway, but the 87, um, the 8703, you're able to do some streaming of audio on it. There are some sites that will allow BlackBerry streaming on there, but not nearly as many as what Windows Mobile has out there. Um, the newer 8830 uh, BlackBerry is going to be out for Sprint hopefully sometime this summer. It's already out on, on the Verizon network, has a built-in MP3 player. <laughs> And, uh, you know, but I haven't had any time to play with that. I, I went into the store and there's only so much you can do with it. And um, so I, I can't really speak to that too much. Um, but I would say, you know, the Q itself is uh, is reasonably priced. And um, if there is anyone out there, I, I did not have good luck with it. But that doesn't mean, uh, you know, I'm a very hard user on my phones. And that doesn't mean someone else wouldn't be able to use it just fine. So um, what recommendations do you have, Joey? 
I don't really have much on this one. Okay. This is kind of a little bit beyond my scope here. Okay. Next from Peter, he says, Hi, guys. I manage 180 devices from AT&T, Sprint, both IDEN and CDMA, and Verizon Wireless. My users have BlackBerry 7250s, 7280s, 7290s, 7520s, Trio 650s, Trio 750s, BlackBerry 8703s, and a single Sprint Q. Our PC support group, along with my bosses and myself, found an interesting problem using our IDEN 7520s. Uh, the problem is it is incapable of using SMS. This annoyed my boss until I found confirmation. He says a Motorola Q with uh, push to talk that could run on a BlackBerry Enterprise server would be perfect as we have unlimited BlackBerry client licenses. Joey, I don't think there could be a more perfect phone, except with uh, maybe add a battery that would just be amazing in there. There we go. There you go. Anyway, I would like one of those, too. He goes on to say, for our Palm and Windows Mobile 5 devices, we're buying individual good mobile messaging licenses. We're a government agency, and our IT engineer group isn't even testing Microsoft Surface service feature pack um i love your show uh you are a few steps ahead of any of my government reps keep up the great work ps verizon is selling the 8703e units for 20 bucks for some bulk customers i thought um you would like to know uh, it sure beats the 470 dollars that i was quoted to replace my nine uh my personal nine key phone well thanks very much for that peter that's uh you know that's very uh very informative very interesting um you know, the, the 7520 incapable of using SMS. I was not aware of that, but uh, there you go. I was just going to add that my phone that I have right now is not capable of SMS out of the box, even though it says it is on the box. I have to use some third-party software to send SMS messages, and the message, messages I receive actually don't tell me who they're from. They just say unknown from everybody. So it, I... I I kind of understand the frustration with the lack of SMS. It seems like a pretty simple feature that these devices really should have. So, so what what does it say? Does it even it doesn't say a phone number, nothing when you get an, a message or what? Nope, just says unknown, unknown. Lovely. Yeah, I totally have to guess who's leaving me messages. So, if you're text messaging Joey, make sure you say this is Mickey. <laughs> that's right. Except you wouldn't say Mickey because that's me. <laughs> Question from John. What the heck do I bring with me when I pick up my iPhone? I already know that I have to bring my iTunes account information, but I don't know why. Are they going to use my iTunes account uh, to set up my phone in the store, or is there anything else I need to bring? If so, why? Are there any tips in l it you have in pre-iPhone activities? iPhones um, is a bit more than a week away, so any information you can provide would be helpful. You know... Uh, per Apple's requirement, they're saying you need an iTunes account to get your phone set up. My guess is that's tied to the fact that you have to sync it to your computer and the fact that today they, they showed you exactly what's going to happen uh, when you plug in your iPhone to your computer and it sets up uh, your phone basically through there. We talked about the fact that uh, we are a little curious as to the, the whole process there and entering your social security number and all that. So, uh, But moving on to... Uh, uh, to make the move to the iPhone, make sure you also bring a copy of your latest cell phone bill so you have all the information with you that you're going to need for that. Also, any passwords that you may have on your account. If you're setting up a new account with AT&T, you obviously uh, will, uh, won't need any information on your prior accounts. But anyway, uh, check out todayiniphone.com as well. They've got some great stuff mentioned at the beginning. Um, and uh, I, I can't say enough about about uh, the Rob and, and all all the work he's done over there. It's a great show. So just uh, some things to, to bring with you there. Thanks for the question, John. That's, uh, that's great to talk about it. 
Now, it didn't, isn't it the, that you don't need the iTunes account to get the iPhone at the store? I know you have to, to once you get the phone, you then have to register on iTunes because it doesn't make any sense if you don't have an iPod. Uh, I mean, you, you don't have iTunes set up yet. So I think it's kind of the other way around. You'll have to get an iTunes account to activate your phone completely, but I don't think you'll need it at the store. That's, prob- that's probably true unless you want to set it up there. If you want to just buy it and take it with you, then, yeah, then you'll obviously, uh, then you could do it whatever you want. But, you know, there, there's, there's so much stuff that's floating around out there right now. There's things like you're not going to be able to even use it as an iPod without activating it because in order to plug it into iTunes to sync it, you have to go through the setup process. So and yeah. is, is there a SIM card? That's another question people are saying. If there is, where is it? And how do you get to it? It's good, it's the question, yeah. You know, you you watch the overviews and stuff. Apple.com slash iPhone. If you haven't gone there, go watch the twenty minute video. It will tell you everything you need to know about it. It is a great site, um, or it's a great uh, video overview. Apple has done fantastic marketing with it. So, but, yeah, I don't know if that tells you everything you need to know, but it tells you it it definitely gives you a spectacular view of the the interface. And uh, especially a feature I thought was really neat was the uh, uh, the visual voicemail. That's pretty dang cool. I would love to be able to quickly back up in a voicemail to a certain spot and replay the that phone number that you miss over and over again. That you, you never remember which key it is to to back up your voicemail because every voicemail system you have it's completely different. Mm-hmm. And I always end up hitting the wrong key, which sends me out of the message or hangs up or does something crazy that I don't want it to do, and uh, it drives me berserk. So. There you go. <laughs> they, uh, um, anyway, they they have a lot of a lot of information in that that video that you're, if you haven't seen it and you're interested in the iPhone, go watch it. Uh, another John has some comments for us. He says, first, let me say how much I enjoy your podcast. They have been very objective and entertaining. Well, at least until lately, your objectivity. Uh-oh. Yeah, your objectivity seems to have been thrown out the window regarding the iPhone. Here are some examples. When talking about other phones, you've made a big deal about recent phones that do not have 3G capabilities. Not only have you given Apple a pass on this, uh, you later said that the absence was a good thing, as it would mean better battery life. Number two, you have glossed over the fact that the this phone will cost five to six hundred dollars, require a two-year contract, uh, and uh, obviously it requires the buyer to get out of current commitments that they have as well. Also, the purchaser buys the service. Is AT and T a great service? Your gushing commentary came close to suggesting that ten million of these things, expected sales for two thousand and eight, might not be enough to satisfy the folks out there. As far as I know, this has been based simply out of some of the ads that everyone has seen. Or do you have an iPhone that you're not telling everyone about? I've just read a report from Bloomberg that states that ten million will be more than enough. It stated that while sixty percent of those surveyed said they had an interest, only ten percent will buy, uh, may buy, not will, might buy it at full price when it goes on sale. Here are the figures. Uh, that were no surprise to me. 18% said they would buy if it was priced under 317 uh, if it were offered by their current provider. The article also pointed the lack of 3G as an obstacle to success. How about talk, taking the blinders off and showing some objectivity when you, uh, that, you have regarding, that you have regarding other devices? Hopefully you'll get your hands on a device to do an objective review of it at that time. He's right, Joey. Uh, and and I completely agree with him as well. Uh, he is right. Um, uh, but our our comments, I, I believe, we have a, a certain point of view that that we were kind of taking with this, um, especially the the three G radio. 
and saying that better battery life. You know, obviously in the past, a lot of devices are now kind of coming with 3G, but, you know, in the past six months, they were kind of hit or miss. Some of them had it, some of them not. And the 3G capability was something that was exciting and new. But now as they've been out for a while and there's actually 3G uh, networks available in some cities, it's not even everywhere yet, some people have realized that actually they don't like it that much because of battery life. Um, I, I, you know, I guess, Mickey, you know some of the devices, they're, they, they suck the battery down within hours, which makes pretty much worthless. And, you know, that was kind of coming out. We heard about that, you know, the, during the last show when we were talking about the battery life. Maybe that's a good thing. Um, you know, I, I, you know, that's just for the first point. You know, there's a couple of things to say, say about the second point. But, I mean, what's your take on that one, maybe? You know, I'm always going to side with the fact that this, I, I want this show to be as objective as possible. And, and really, obviously, there's going to be opinions. Obviously, we have our own opinions. And so they are going to leak in there, even if we don't want them to. But, uh, you know, it's, I think, I think we need to take a stance. And I think everyone needs to take a stance that it is going to be, there's, there's no denying it is different. It is innovative. It is very nice to see something to see a device like this and so maybe that's why we've been a little put off by uh or taking taking um a a stance of you know well we can overlook the price we can overlook uh you know the lack of 3g anyway that's 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 my thought on it what do you you have about that second point well uh, the uh the iphone will cost five to six hundred dollars to your commitment to at&t um that's a big commitment that's a big price Obviously, it's a little bit more than the uh, current generation of smartphones, uh, some of them that are out there, especially like with the Q and the Blackjack. Um, you know, the iPhone, which we kind of kind of glossed over last episode, uh, kind of what this first complaint was about, that we gave it a pass, you know, on the better battery, li- better battery life. This device is not a smartphone. We can't compare it to the Motorola Q, can't compare it to the Trio, because this is now a music playing phone in a in a different sense this is taking it to a a different level or it's a a kind of a divergence of the current crap of you know just regular cell phones versus smartphones and it it, it's kind of hard to compare it i guess and you know the the feature set is, is so dramatically different and the usability um from what's being described in all the apple marketing it looks like it'll be uh, you know, qu- quite easy to use. And everybody can admit that not every cell phone out there right now is real easy to use. But, uh, okay, I'm getting away from my point is, the point is this is supposed to be kind of an iPod phone. And and the battery life and all that was probably one of their major focuses. So, you know, the, the five to $600 is probably going to be a lot for a lot of people. But I know you had a comment about you know adding up the devices this is going to include, and since this seems to it seems to um, going to be making a, a great device that does all these features well, maybe you're not getting soaked on the price. I my comment was take take an iPod Nano. What are you going to pay for an iPod Nano? One hundred and fifty bucks, two hundred bucks, right? You add well, it depends it, on the, the depends on the size, right? Four or eight gig. Four or eight gig, exactly. You add in a a cell phone that has a 
you know, personal information manager in it, how much is that going to cost you? I would argue on the cheap side, two to $250. Um, and then you add in on top of it, you know, maybe another hundred bucks, 200 bucks for an internet browsing device with the full internet in your pocket. It really doesn't seem like that much as far as if you were to buy all the devices separately. And I think that's where a lot of people get away from it. And, you know, and, and I, just not to interrupt you, but can't you do all that with the with the $99 Motorola Q? Pretty much. <laughs> I mean, and, and a lot of people are making that argument. Yeah, we can say that the iPhone is basically a, a fancy interface for some stuff that's already out there right now. But can you really truly say that you can you can do I mean, they have so many patents with this thing that are just completely different you know with the way that you can take your finger and, and flick it across the screen to flip through things you know the cue plays music but it doesn't you're, you're not living in the music like you are with the with an iPod or what yeah and, you know, and I'm kind of playing de- I'm kind of playing the devil's advocate with with questioning you on that but you do have to look just beyond the feature set a little bit and and you know I've been proven wrong here with the iPod. I, we've talked about this before, but I mean, if you looked at the feature set of the original iPod back way back when it came out, I expected that device to go nowhere. Um, when I first saw the device, I thought, "Wow, you know, actually, you can browse the songs pretty quick compared to everything else that was available at the time." But the feature set was limited, and you know, look where the iPod is now. So taking that and then comparing that with the iPhone, yes, it doesn't have every feature. It is. It's. It's going to be interesting to see where it goes. I. I you know, personally myself, I'm not going to buy one. It's way out of my. Uh, you know, price range. I. I don't want to have a two-year contract with with AT and T. I will not buy it. But I'm very fascinated with, with where it's going, and what it can do. You know, compared to the Q, based based on its short battery life. If you start playing music based on the, maybe not so easy to use Windows Mobile, and you know, just keep going from there. Yeah. Well, when, when, when John sent that original email out, he, I wrote him back and, and, and we corresponded and he said, you know, it's, it's really great from here to hear from you. I hope you don't take the comments personally. I'm a big fan of the podcast and I've been with it since uh, the beginning and beforehand when you appeared on mobility today, I was going to add that I think that the product is revolutionary or maybe evolutionary. You did discuss some negatives, but I think uh, you gave a short shift um, to the cons. I'd like to hear more on, and then we've got a few topics here that he wants us to discuss. Does a multifunction device like this do a good job at replacing single-purpose devices? Is it is the current iPhone, or is an iPhone user going to abandon all their you know, iPods, PDAs, GPSs, and carry this one device? I think the average person, yes, would be happy to give up all those devices. I like having devices separated out, as do you. I know that. But... Um, do you agree? Do you think the average person is going to uh, just carry this one? Yes. Um, it, it, only ba- based only on the fact that this device, you know, you know, okay, I have to do take a step back. Based on what we've seen from the, the information on you know, Apple's site, if it does the implementation as well as I think it's going to, yes. I think all those, they can abandon all their different devices. Um, I it just... I just think they will because I don't think they were going to go to market with a device that doesn't do it as well. Oh, not not as well as, but 10 times better than the competition out there. Um, I definitely think this is a revolutionary device to go back to his uh, first comment, just because of the, 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 the steps that Apple's taken to create this phone 
as and to make it an experience um you know short of uh, just totally taking AT&T out of the picture is pretty revolutionary to get away from the, you know the four big barriers here in market but the device themselves um well it, it I know you can you know it brings up his second question are people going to be happy with AT&T for 2 years you're talking about carriers ah uh, as you said that's bottom of barrel here for uh, customer satisfaction yeah they're they are very much uh you know down there you've got T-Mobile always leading the pack uh you've got Verizon up there Altel is is you know historically up there as well and and then you got AT&T and kind of Sprint down there and, and we're not talking about Sprint but for for a lot of people it's going to be something I think that they'll tolerate and if the phone at least at least works part of the most of the time I don't even you know I, I think they'll deal with it I really do because uh, they they want the phone that much and you know the, it's just amazing you know people are it's Tuesday it doesn't come out for, and there's another there, yeah there's another yeah and there's another point that the um, the iPhone may have its own support it may have a special department either from Apple or maybe a special department of singular and because I, I can't imagine um Apple, if they are, it, it, I don't know what their what Apple support is like, but if their support is important to them, they will take control of that as well. I, I can't imagine them not taking control of that as well for the the whole experience with the iPhone. Sure. So th- that could be something that it it, it may not be an issue. Uh, obviously, the AT and T network's pretty decent, right, Mickey? It, you know, it's it's getting better all the time. It really is. What about uh, Apple is promising great battery life, um, but real-life tests on the device will never live up to manufacturer claims. Hopefully, uh, you'll get one to test, is what he says. Yeah, I'm not getting one to test, that's for sure. I, no one's getting these guys to test. But uh, uh, battery life, they actually, since you wrote this email, they've come out with specs. Eight hours talk time, 250 hours standby, six hours of internet use, seven hours of video playback, 24 hours of audio playback. And I think the biggest thing that uh, to, to take out of this is that they did a lot of testing and they actually listed quite a bit of info, you know, uh, uh, of how they did the testing. And it was it was from everything from, you know, keeping the Wi-Fi on in a searching mode to the back, the backlight at a certain brightness and stuff like that. So they they really took the time to do it. And I think these are going to be pretty close to to real life numbers now. Then you remember 20, 24 hours of audio playback, that's fine, but that's if you get no calls, you don't go on the internet, you don't play any videos, um, so you have to take into account a lot of different factors, and I say probably a multiple day device uh, as far as battery is what we're going to see, but obviously not 250 hours of standby. Who's going to leave their phone on a shelf for 10 days, you know? Not me. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, will ordinary non-geek people really want to spend the money on this device? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, we talked about that. Uh, it's combining so many different features that it, uh, it, it really, when you look at it, is relatively reasonable, at least in my opinion. Uh, won't people be disappointed that device is not 3G at this price, or is the average purchaser simply going to buy the second-generation version a year from now for another $600 to get to 3G? We we've talked about this, but Joey, uh, I think a lot of people aren't really going to care. You know, it's it's the iPhone. That's what they want. Yeah, it doesn't have 3G, but I think they're going to want it. Do you your opinion differ on that? 
No, it doesn't. Um, I, I, I think from what we've seen, the focus is not so much downloading video and downloading MP3s or, or AAC files or whatever it is um, for this device. I think that most of the music and video is going to be transferred via the computer when you dock it. And then it, not, it doesn't become an issue. Uh, the 3G browsing websites will be plenty fine with the edge network. I, I mean, it won't be the speediest thing. But at the same time, they may be kind of playing with the processor. You know, the, the fact that the, you know, if you're getting data from the edge network at a certain speed, the processor can only render it so fast. And they may be kind of using that for battery life as well to extend that to make a slower processor. Now, one thing that's interesting, you know, the second gen, I, I doubt it's going to be a year from now. I, I really doubt that. Um, and a thing you have to look at though is kind of the overall cost of ownership on this phone. You know, when you kind of go back up to the the the, the last point about the non-geek, this device bare minimum is going to cost you two thousand dollars to own, two thousand dollars to buy an iPhone. With your service plan over the the two year term, and the original price of it plus you know ten percent in taxes every month, you're looking at two grand. So you've got to keep that in mind. You know, you're really kind of a downer, Joey. <laughs> I'm sorry, but you got to look at it realistically, too. So It's kind of like when you're signing papers on a house, like I just did recently, and you look at that price of what you're going to pay for total ownership, and you go, I, 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 your head just explodes, you know? <laughs> $2,000 for the cost of an iPhone. That's a lot. What about, uh, are people going to be happy with the virtual screen keyboard? I don't know that either of us can make a lot of comments about this until we actually see the thing, you know? No, the video makes it look decent. Um, I, you know, it's better than uh, better than what uh, I think a lot of people were speculating, but obviously it remains to be seen. Yep. The device will c- require continual handling of the screen. How will it hold up? Well, they just announced that they uh, have upgraded the, sc- the glass on the screen, and um, hopefully that will, it will hold up quite well. Again, I haven't hold, heard a whole lot other than that, that they've upgraded the glass on it, so... And have you heard anything about the battery? Is it user-replaceable? We, we just talked about the talk time on it, user-replaceability. I don't know. I, I really don't. Um, I have a whole, I've had phones that have had a lot of batteries in the past, and I don't really use them, um, at least a lot. I know, Joey, you do, though, and so that would probably be a, a negative for you. It would be a negative for me. I constantly have, I, 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 I actually rotate right now between four batteries. I keep... Um, one at work, one kind of a spare either in my pocket or in the car or something like that, and another one at home on the charger. And I rotate them, and I, I, I never actually charge my phone itself in the cradle. I always swap batteries. But I've in the past had one battery phones as well. It's kind of take it or leave it. It kind of depends what's going on, I guess, uh, yeah. between work and home and vacations and stuff like that. But... um there, there, there hasn't been any solid data on the battery yet. And then, uh, last but not least, he says, "What's up with mobility today? I haven't seen a podcast from Dave since March." Well, I, I keep in rel- in pretty frequent contact with Dave, and and uh, shout out to Dave. Happy belated birthday, Dave! Hope you had a great one. Um, and I know Dave that is 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 working on getting some stuff back up in in July, and he's he's been taking some well needed vacation, and. Uh, you know, keep checking mobility today for those podcasts because I know they're going to have some coming up in the future. 
Uh, just a quick comment here from Jared. He says, love your show. Wanted to give you guys some feedback. I'm a former singular employee, and here's my prediction. I'm willing to bet that the average store will probably receive three or four iPhones. I think that will be it will be about the same as the PS3 launch at Best Buy. Also, when they do trickle in after the launch, singular reps will tell customers they do not have any in stock unless they know uh, it is for a new line of service. Why? Because they're on commission. Buyer beware. If you walk into a store and say, hey, do you have any iPhones in stock? Their rep replies, what are you going to do? Out of line, upgrade, etc." If the answer is I want to buy it at full price or I want to upgrade, they will say they are out of them. Uh, they have an activation quota that is hard to hit. From my past experience, I can tell you that the uh, the silver rocker, sliver rocker trio, uh, Pearl, uh, all at launch date stores got about three or four. My advice, get there early. Existing customers, get it from Apple. Don't deal with the hassle of getting sold on features um, and the plan. Um, all you have to do is put your SIM card in and rock and roll. Uh, well, we don't know about that one yet. As for me, no 3G, uh, no real account for actual experimentation until the bloggers get their hands on them. I'll stick with my Trio 700WX, uh, which from what I've heard can do everything the iPhone can. I enjoy your show. Look forward to corresponding with you in the future if you have time. Thank you very much for those comments, Jared. Uh, definitely love to correspond with you in the future. So uh, let me know if you have any additional questions or comments, and um, you know we'll make sure to, to talk about them in the future. Um, that was uh, some very good information about the singular. Yeah, um, definitely. I, you know, I wonder if if Apple's put their their reins on this so tight that they're not even commissioning the iPhone sales. It, uh, it you, very well could you be. Know, yeah. they could have gone that far. Even I kind of doubt it because Singular is off, obviously has a lot of money to make as well on this because of the data plans being sixty dollars a month. But you know, they're the, the the plans being minimum of sixty dollars a month. But Apple could have brought the commissions down on that, so they're not as steep as some of their other phones. Uh, it, it's just hard to say yep. at this point, but very interesting information. Well, next we have a voicemail question from Rob. Hey guys, it's Rob from Nebraska again. I think I've got a stumper for you this time. Due to some exchange slash reset issues I was having with the 755P, I took it back and I bought the new HTC 6800, also known as the Mogul. It's a Windows uh, Mobile Professional, uh, Windows Mobile 6 smartphone, the next generation to the 6700. It's a 400 megahertz Qualcomm, not Intel processor, 256 megs of uh, storage on the device, Wi-Fi, Bluetooth 2.0. Um, it's going to be upgradable to Revision A, EVDO in the fall. All the works. So anyway, I've uh, been using Exchange Server 2003 for push email, contacts, etc. on the uh, Windows Mobile 5 and the Trio. Uh, but Windows Mobile 6 supports push email, uh, HTML email, and server-side searches with Exchange Server 2007. So I switched to a 2007 server. But Outlook on the phone does this thing where you have to click, yes, I want to see the images, and then you have to click again and say, download the images. And kind of like how Outlook on the PC does, where you have to, it says, for your protection or whatever. 
and I'm wondering if you can shut this off like you can on the PC. I've looked through all the options in Outlook and I can't find it. And I've looked also in the Active Sync settings and made sure that it says download all the messages, and it doesn't seem to matter. It still only will download the text, and then I have to tell it to go out and fetch the other stuff. So I was wondering if you guys had any ideas. Thanks. Hey Rob, thank you very much for uh, for calling in and and for letting us know what uh, you know what you decided to go with, and and hope you're enjoying your mogul there. Y- you stumped us, <laughs> or at least you stumped me. I I don't really have an answer for you. Um, I know exactly what you're talking about. I I see it occasionally in Outlook, and um, I'm gonna have to put this one back on the listeners because I don't really know what that's all about. Joey, do you have any? No, I unfortunately don't have uh, these devices to test that out on. And um, I mean, I obviously I would say the best place to go is online and do some forum searching to see if other people have had this problem or if they have some registry settings you can do on the phone to uh, to change that. And, and maybe there's a patch even that Microsoft's made available. Um, th- th- there could be a, a bunch of different options. But I think you'll have to go to the web and do some searching for this one. And and if it is truly an issue, there will be people that will put information out about it. And uh, I can I can bet you'll find an answer out there eventually. But if any of our listeners uh, know of this and and have an idea of what uh, you know what's going on and and how that can be fixed, please 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 let me know so I can pass it on to Rob. And last but not least, question from Andy. He says, in one of your last podcasts, you mentioned listening to XM Radio on your data device. This is something I'm very interested in doing in my trio. That's right. This is the Andy from the earlier questions. And uh, when he was asking about the queue and, and whether or not he should do that or an 8703, he went with the trio. And he says, what website do you use to stream XM on your data device? Thanks very so very much as always. Well, I use the, it's called Xstream XM. It's the letter X the word stream, and then xm.com. And you can go on there. You log into the site by using the information that you have um, on your actual xmradio.com site to log on to your account. You, you put that information in there, and you're able to pull up uh, pretty much any of the songs you're able to pull up on the listen.xm.com website. So that's pretty neat. And um, I know there's one for Sirius as well, but I don't have Sirius, so I, I'll be honest, I don't know off the top of my head what that website is. Um, Joey, I'm guessing you, if you ever listen to it online, it's just through the Sirius website, correct? Yeah, okay. just on a PC. Okay. Well, I, it may be, uh, may be out there easily for searchable for the, the, um, the Sirius users out there, but um, that is it. An hour and ten minutes today. I guess two weeks go by, and and you know we just gotta spend spend the time to to cover all of our bases here, Joe. I I truly appreciate uh, you know all the listeners for you know I got some emails checking in and making sure everything was okay because we missed a week, and uh, I I really appreciate all of you out there. And if you have any questions or comments, please give us a call at six zero two nine zero three four one one six. Or shoot me an email at thecellphonejunkie at gmail.com. That's thecellphonejunkie at gmail.com. So, well, before we wrap it up, Joey, any final thoughts or comments that you have? Yeah, the the, the iPhone craze is just getting started here. And uh, I, the later this week, I, I know the new sites and the media coverage is, is already frenzied. I, I, I'm... I can't wait to to laugh at 
how much coverage it's going to get in the next few days because it's already out of control. And uh, these people who are already sitting in line, I've I've read recently for it. Um, I, 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 it's it's just it's just amazing to see what how this is built up and the, the marketing that's gone into this and uh, how everybody seems to have just taken it and run with it. So it's a it's a, a, quite a case study here. Uh, well, I will definitely I will. It is a case study that's for sure. I will definitely be out at an Apple store in the Phoenix market uh, this weekend. So if you have. Uh, you have any questions um, or want to uh, you know want to chat and meet me? Um, actually, I'll be at the Biltmore. So if you're interested in, in meeting me out there, I'll be over at the Biltmore store at 6 p.m. Uh, give me a call 602-903-4116. Let me know, and uh, we can maybe hook up out there and at least chat for a few minutes if you're in the Phoenix market. So, uh, on that note, uh, Joey, thank you very much, and to everyone out there, have a good week. Thanks for listening. <laughs>